From the band that brought you such critically acclaimed and listener-lauded records as Respect in You and Respect in Yule comes the brand new album Respect and You, recorded in front of a live studio audience at Greenwich House Music School. Head on over to respectsextet.bandcamp.com to download this and many other Respect titles, including the also brand new Respect Trios album, Respect the Trio, we says. The Jazz Session listeners can use the discount code TJS to get 10% off your total order. The music starts on Saturday so this is Jazz Session. Respect and you. I'm Bernie Crane. I'm John Crane. You're listening to the Jazz Session with Jason Crane, our dad. Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. This is episode 454 for May 11th, 2015. On today's show, bassist Mimi Jones. Also on today's show, a guy running a leaf blower to blow gravel out of our shared driveway for several hours. (laughs) I haven't, while I'm recording this intro, I haven't actually produced this episode yet. So I'm going to do my best to take out the the leaf blower right outside the window. I, this this neighborhood is deadly silent most of the time until you hit record on something and then boom, instantly it's time to like test out the new machine gun or, you know, run a leaf blower to blow gravel out of our you know, quarter mile long driveway. It's Pennsylvania kids. It's what happens. Just got our thumbs, and we're going to use our tools. Uh, Anyway, if you uh, have your thumbs and you're on iTunes, please rate the show there and review it positively, and that helps the show climb up the rankings. Also, while you're on your computer, check out firstlaughs.com for my stand-up comedy, jasoncrane.org for my poetry and essays, and cranewrites.com, where I do all kinds of writing for artists who might be just like you. Mimi Jones plays the bass and sings and has her own record label and all kinds of cool things. And most recently, she's put out an album called Balance. Here it is. My guest is a bassist and vocalist Mimi Jones. She's got a brand new album out called Balance on her own Hot Tone music label. Great to have you on the show, Mimi. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me. Um, of course, I want to talk about the record, but I'm always interested in what makes people start their own record labels. And you started Hot Tone Music. Why? Well, the inspiration behind Hot Tone was very simple. I wanted to finally get some of my compositions out and played and you know, exposed to the masses. And um, I found that along with myself, there were a lot of my peers who they sound amazing and they have this great music that they, you know, create, but there was no means for them to get it out. And sometimes, you know, it's like as a musician, we know how to play it, but we don't know how to bring it all together, whether it's in the studio or after the record is done, most people have already spent all their money. They didn't budget right. They didn't know that, you know, 
um, media is so important or like, um, you know, other things that would bring the music to the forefront. So I just wanted to share some of that information with people and myself to be able to make a complete project that would be heard. So that was kind of how it started. My friend uh, Alan Kasline has a small poetry press, and he said that the difference between kind of just a, a vanity project and a real press is when you start publishing other people. And Hot Tone, in addition to your music, also does release music by other people, right? This is true. This is true. I mean, I, I don't know if it's my personality, personality, but I love to do things in groups. And I always feel like it takes a village, you know, it takes like a team to do things and um so in that, you know, you just have like so many people around you trying to do the same thing. And um, it's just kind of nice because you're not alone, you know, and you if you make a mistake, somebody has your back or you can have somebody's back. And you and then you completely learn from just doing it over and over again and doing it from different angles because everybody's experience is different. You know, I mean, so far we put out um, a drummer's um you know, album, two of them, and they, it, it's like a whole different experience. So I had to like, in a way, relearn some certain things in the studio about drums and about positioning of mics and just the sound and, you know, some of the background instruments, you know, that are now coming to the front, like the bass, you know, for me, that was interesting. And then um, with the saxophonist, she's already in the front. So, you know, that's a different take. A different perspective than my experience and then the last one we just did was a pianist so that's like a whole nother experience so <laughs> you know it's it's great though you know I'm, I'm really having a good time I can't say that I have one boring day so yeah it seems like these days almost all musicians have to be entrepreneurs but in your case you're you're kind of adding another level in there because you're not only are you managing your own career but you're taking care of somebody else's baby musically speaking yeah yeah somebody just said happy mother's day to me (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know they were like you're just nurturing everybody so you know i mean i've been like that since i was a kid i remember my mom gave me a set of bracelets in my first day of daycare and i gave half of them away to everyone (laughs) to make sure that they had their bracelets (laughs) she of course was mad but you know i carried that throughout life so it's important for me. I think, you know, really to keep the music alive and keep it strong, um, musicians, we need to be educated about how to stay alive and survive and thrive, you know, and not just not just like, OK, I'm doing me. But, you know, for the music where the, where you're really, really able to bring something to it and then pull up the next person, because that's really what's going to happen. You know, we all get go through our cycles and get older and older. And we have to switch a little bit. We have to, you know, shift. I mean, we'll always be players and stuff like that. But we definitely have to bring up the next level. And the next level of um, people have to take care of the elders and, you know, also uh, treat the music with the respect that it needs and all of that to keep it going. So So it sounds like you're really focused on music as a community. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I can't say that like <laughs> I don't I, I fit into a lot of circles because I know a lot of times people are just thinking about, you know, what they're going to do. And you do have to be selfish to some level to get ahead because, you know, you have to make sure that you're cool. But somebody has to take care of you. And I found I found that there was like a lack of education in the schools number one, and also with labels, how, you know, maybe at some point the label was more interested in the artist's career as opposed to just like, okay, how many, how much, you know, can we make off of this, you know, with like this whole development situation that I feel like is not really, really happening now, you know, and, um, and also with the clubs and, you know, it deals with the economy where we are today, you know, how the pace of like, you know, how everything must be so instant because we don't want to spend a lot of money and a lot of time on something. But it makes it harder for any kind of artist to like really, really have a space, have a safe space to develop and trial and error. But that's really how you get it, you know, so I think it's needed. 
talk about balance uh, the new record and i'll just mention for uh for folks who are interested that three of the people who are on balance have been on the jazz session before and those are in the archives uh, pianist luis perdomo who i'm sure we'll talk about more um oh, cool. yeah enoch smith jr has also been on and ingrid jensen there are there are episodes of all of them so uh, in terms of balance did you did you feel like okay it's i've got enough stuff it's time was there a particular theme that you wanted to explore how did you know it was time to make another record well, you definitely get an itch, and it starts to like really bother you that you don't have um, an outlet for this next bunch of music. I mean, all musicians feel this. It's like an overflow. You're like, ah, you know. And so I started to feel that like it's, it's time I have, you know, get tired of playing the same old stuff, or you know, you want to document some. You, you know, it might also be like a positive thing, like you just experienced some great stuff. And um, with with an artist, you know, playing maybe playing in their band or you know playing in someone else's band with someone else. And I know that that happened with me with Enoch Smith Jr. Um, he's such a great pianist and a great writer. And I wanted to write. I wanted to. Um, I, I actually wanted him to arrange something for me. And um, when it came down to it, we actually worked really well together. And um, so we. Uh, I think it was uh, Someone Like You is the tune um, by Adele. I really loved that tune. And I was like, what can you do with this? So he came back with something. And then we just started going at it together. And then um, I, I had some of the other pianists play it. And no one played it like he played it. You know, so I was like, okay. I know it's just one song, but we got to have you on board. So he came and he, he dropped that track. And then from there, we decided at some point we're going to do a whole album together where it's me and him producing it and composing and stuff so um Ingrid Jensen she was like one of my first band leaders I played in her band on a tour in Japan and I knew um how colorful and powerful she she is she's such a graceful player um but I, I definitely needed some of those colors in the music and just in general playing with her um live I I, I, I always call her she's just super busy and she's a mom happy mother's day and um but um, she, you know, brings a certain element to the project. And this project is called Balance. It was, it's about emotions, things that I was um, going through. Uh, at that time, I kind of made a little bit of a shift and um, I needed to get aligned. And the whole album is based on like the feelings of things and experience of things that happen bad negatively versus the ones that happen positively and, and having you know, coming to the conclusion that you actually need both of those to be somehow in the middle, you know, which is that point that makes things balanced. You have to have left and right, you know, yin and yang, because if you don't experience what you don't like or not having something or some sort of pain, you don't know how good you have it (laughs) when you get to the other side.
can you talk about what the shift was that you had experienced? Of course. Mm. Well, the shift had to do with something that um, many of us are experiencing or have experienced. Um, I had a lack of funding. That was one thing. And, uh, and actually with the Balance Project was the first time that I ever did a Kickstarter. A lot of my friends, they kind of were like, oh, you're going to do that? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to have to do this crowdfunding because I need help. You know, I have to ask for help. And that for me is like a big thing, you know, because I try to be a strong woman, you know, but no, I didn't have it. I was kind of really down. Also, my health began to fail. I was having some kind of physical problem with my hip. And I and a lot of people didn't know this, but I couldn't walk. And I had a cane. And it was a little bit, um, it, it was very challenging. I was in a lot of pain just trying to, like, sit straight, you know, just trying to. And I was still doing gigs and pretending to be okay. And I wasn't okay. And, and you play um, a very physical instrument. I mean. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I was just really pretending, you know, like putting up this face. Hey, guys, you know, because it was about the music and I had to, I had to sort of humble myself. You know, it really, when you can't, when you lose a limb or you hurt yourself or something and you can't really play to 100%, it, it creates another realm for you where you or if you get sick you know you get an illness certain things that were so important before they become it's almost like they become secondary and you you develop an inner strength that makes it so that you can actually focus and in focusing on like these quote-unquote more important things it raises your whole level of like presence and being and I think you know people began to feel that and Ironically, I jumped a few levels, things that I didn't think that I could do. I was able to do people that I never thought would even pay attention to me, paid attention and helped. And people were happy to help. And from then, I made a pact that I would, you know, honor that that community and and the sense of community as a mentality and um, just kind of go forward in that light. And so that's, you know, that's part of the whole strength behind Hot Tone is like, kind of helping those who, you know, they want something so badly, but they don't know how to get it or, you know, and it's not just about the money because sometimes money is, you know, I mean, we all need it. We know what it does, but it's really about having the mindset of like, how can I create money? You know what I mean? Or how can I create a situation, an opportunity for myself to play? So it was all about, you know, that we, um, we had a couple of, uh, things happened naturally too. We had Hurricane Sandy and um, I was really affected by that. So I was down. I lost a lot of work. And then um, my husband, also pianist, Luis Perdomo, he got like maybe um, four tours canceled because of like um, some stuff that was going on in Europe, in the world. And we just financially had, you know, we tumbled. So it was just like trying to find that point where it was like, okay, okay, we're cool. Are we cool? Everybody here, <laughs> we have our fingers and toes, you know. And um, once I was able to do that, I really wanted to express those emotions. And hopefully it would help some of the people who were going through, you know, anything of the same feelings. You know, whether it's you lose somebody and you got to get back on or you... You got, you know, you you have an illness, you know, or something like that. So, yeah, that's that's what that's about. It's kind of deep. I think that's why the cover is black, <laughs> you know, because it's very serious. <laughs> I'm not all smiling on it, you know. I, I, I smiled a little bit in the back of it. So, you know. You know, and I think what you're talking about, I mean, is is really universal. I mean, I lived, you know, I lived in New York for a long time too and and so many of the musicians that are on this show live in new york and and so many people are struggling i mean it's just it's not an easy place to live it's not an easy way to make a living and i think everybody tries to keep that like that game face that nothing's wrong you know everything right. everything's fine i'm doing just fine look at my career and if you follow people on social media everybody's playing gigs and they're doing this thing and that thing and but you know that behind that there are times when, you know, they're not sure how they're going to pay the rent or, Absolutely. you know, they're they're desperately hoping this tour comes through because they have nothing in the bank. And I think it's it's 
worth talking about those things because everybody's dealing with the same stuff and everybody's trying to pretend they're not, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, if you come on the other side of it, <laughs> you're like, wow, okay, there's like tons of the same stories and very interesting ones. So, but we, you know, of course we don't have time. That would be another show, Jason. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the money woes of musicians could be a whole other podcast. Exactly. I think. <laughs> and it would be really interesting. I think listen. it would be. <laughs> At some point that. we should do that. Yeah. We should yeah. put a little, ra- little round table together. We'll do a little conference call and we'll talk about what it's like to be a musician on the other. The other I side love of things. that. I All love right. That. We'll People do it for sure. <laughs> so, uh, you mentioned, uh, one tune on this record, the, uh, the Adele tune that, uh, Enoch arranged someone like you, but tell me about some of the other music on here well um maybe you can name them because i'm not looking at the album <laughs> yeah well actually let's start with some of the things uh you wrote for example there's a a, a nice kind of up-tempo tune called speed bump that you and Luis wrote together right 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 I wrote the first um, melody once it starts and he wrote once it gets to what I call letter C on the music sheet but that's the second melody so there are two of them and kind of after the bridge it goes to the second melody speed bump is simple it's just you know how like you're driving kind of going real fast you think you got this and then there's a speed bump and everything <laughs> kind of goes in slow motion that's what it is and i felt like you know i feel like life is kind of like that it's like we got it we got it whoa hold 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 okay (laughs) so that's what it is and it's just really fun to play because it that was the first time i wrote something that you know if we actually when we do it there are no um i mean we have bars we have like um structure but it's really open so it could be anything the tempos could change somebody could start create a, you know um co- recomposing a tune inside the tune or reharmonizing or you could play it straight so it's a lot of fun to play you know you never know what's going to happen <laughs> you like leaving lots of space for surprise when you're playing live yeah yeah i do i feel like you know some of my um mentors i mean they might not even know me but like wayne shorter um the great late miles davis and ron carter and that herbie group that group really um to me you know once they i mean they were they were all superstars you know and they just kind of came together but they um they knew the music so well that they could then come away from the music. And I felt like that's where that magic happened. And sometimes it came out wrong. Like if you listen to some of those things, it's like, wait a minute, I think a beat dropped or something, or did they land on like this weird chord and then they held it. So now the form is kind of thrown off after a while. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It's just, all that matters is that you go somewhere and you get back once you get to a certain level i mean if you're kind of doing that because you made a mistake um because you don't know the tune that's different but like when you get to a certain level of playing you can actually just kind of leave that page you know and um i love to do that like when that happens it, it really that's 
it 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 um makes it worth me carrying my bass, my amp, <laughs> the Nord, and all that stuff. You know, I don't mind. I'll carry two bases to do that. Um, and the 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 freedom to walk that that tightrope seems to some degree based on getting on having the luxury of playing with the same people for a while so that you you kind of know and trust one another is that is that a space where you're that you're in now where you're often able to play with the same folks i would like to say that i mean i got lucky um i have two tours coming up and um, i'm able to use the same people on that but i have to say this is the first time that happened because the cats that i call they're all working they're either doing their projects or you know um someone else's and so it's hard so i actually going back to that village again i actually um have played with about maybe have taught my music to about five different drummers and then i have like five different pianists that i could call <laughs> no literally because it's it's moving so fast and you you can't not you can't say no to a gig because a certain player is not available if you can't reschedule that date and everyone can do it. So it's, you know, it's all these schedules that you're trying to manage. So, but I would say, so in that light, I would say you have to, you know, know, do the research of who you're calling. And then you also have to make sure that your stuff is so tight that you can lead it. You know, as a leader, you're very clear. Um, You're going to have a lot of things pulling from you as a leader. So you, you know, you really have to know where you are. So like when you're meeting people on your break, instead of like reviewing the music or relaxing that you're not, even though when you're tired or you're jumping off a plane and have to hit it, you know where you are that well, that it really doesn't matter. And then the band will follow, you know what I mean? So I think that helps. There's a, there's a tune on here, uh, with a, with a one word title Patriot that, uh, seems to have a lot a lot going on both musically and in the message even though the tune only has one word in the title there seems to be a lot packed into it can you talk a little bit about this this piece sure um i've actually never had the opportunity to talk about patriot and so i'm glad that you um asked um patriot i mean in an interview patriot actually is humongous it's about um, one man or woman uh, that has to honor, you know, has the honor of serving their country. On the flip side, a- aside from the honor, there's like the shame of like killing people and, and, you know, being put into this position where the whole internal soul and heart of the person really doesn't want to be doing the- these missions once they get out there. first or he or she first begins there's the glory of like of course I'm, I'm gonna you know I have the courage the honor to you know to really really take care of my country and my people and my family and whatever but then they get there and it's just like whoa and they have to do what they have to do you know um, I wanted to say we um, I actually have a project that is called Dome D-O-M-E the Dome Experience and I co-produced that with a great pianist called Arco Edith Sandoval, and she's a pianist composer. And we have a large orchestra, jazz philharmonic, including dance and visuals that we do. And um, the one piece that I performed was Patriot. And in that, you can see all of the motion that comes out in that piece and all of the different sections that we do. And it's an amazing, project that we have that um it deals with the environment 
meaning like problems in the environment to bring awareness to people not not in a lecturing type of way but more like to get people on board and to spread information about like what's going on in the world it also deals with um society like right now everything that's happening between you know the civilian and the officers and the racism and all of those different angles um also um anything that could happen in society so we um we are trying to bring again we're trying to bring awareness through the arts so we don't stand and lecture anyone we just perform and then we allow the audience to you know um create these questions within themselves and also check themselves you know am i recycling what does it mean to not recycle (laughs) you know what happens you know and you might see a scene a visual on the screen and then see dancers getting caught up in plastic while the orchestra is playing to this you know because what happens when you where does all this plastic go you know so it's interesting patriot um if we we actually have some um, footage online, if you go to the domeexperience.com, you can see um, what Patriot really is about visually and experience the sound of it orchestrated. And um, you know we got some great people on the project: Steve Wilson, Claire Daly, Tia Fuller. You know, and it goes on and on. So. Um, and and where did that where did Patriot in particular come from? Did it do you have soldiers in your own life? Did it come from knowing people and hearing their stories um i actually don't have a fam- a family member that's in the military um of course i have some friends and there are people that i met but i you know there's there's one part of it that really kind of bothers me sometimes when i see soldiers they're you know i mean it's not great to be in war but war is a complicated thing we don't we can't possibly understand all the sides of it. So I'm, I'm definitely pro-peace. You know, there must be a better way. But I understand that, like, certain things, certain times, things have to happen. I mean, there are reasons why we have what we have today because of war. So it would, it would be unfair to just be like, no, you know, these guys are bad. But, but the thing that kind of really gets to me is, like, once they go and they serve and they come back, it's almost like they're forgotten. You know, and I see a lot of soldiers, whether they're affected physically and, you know, they're in a wheelchair or they have like a electronic arm or something like that, mobile arm. Um, or it, mentally, I feel like, you know, there's not enough attention um, spent on them being integrated back into society where, you know, there's like a paid for um, therapy for them to sit down and really talk about what just happened you know I'm they do have a debriefing you know period and stuff like that but in talking to some of them and like really just doing some research I don't think there's enough and I don't I think it takes a long time actually I, um, I'm not gonna blow up his spot because he didn't give me permission to do that but there is a member in the orchestra the Jazz Philharmonic that he is the Patriot you know and he explained that he came back um, from Iraq and it took him a year before the nightmare stopped and even today he's he explained he's very jumpy you know and he showed me all the pictures of him standing next to the F1 you know whatever great plane and him on the desert and I was like whoa that's so deep he, I only found this out on um, the last concert we just did which was part of APAP and he came up to me, he told me, you know, I am Patriot. I'm like, oh my God. So it really, and he, he thanked me for writing this piece and like trying to make a platform to get this information out. And I was like, I knew that this was happening, but to know someone, you know, that this is actually, you know, and then you're in it. And um, he looked like he wanted to cry when he was talk when I was talking to him. So, I mean, we have to continue doing these things because it's unspoken. You know, it's not cool for a guy to cry. It's not cool to not be cool. But you know, I mean, it's real and it needs to be dealt with. And there should be funding that's really put aside for these people that go out. And then, I mean, on the civilian side. I mean, you've heard about, you know, soldiers who've come back and they've just kind of flipped and killed people, 
you know, I mean, that happened. I'm not sure what the country was right now. I can't remember. But it was in Africa somewhere. And the guy in a mall just, like, shot up a whole bunch of people. And, I mean, it was just like, or something happened here, too. I remember he didn't get his medication or he told his therapist. And he just went off the deep end. I mean. Yeah, and the percentage of, I mean, homeless people who are veterans or suicides who are veterans mm-hmm. is, is huge. I mean, mm-hmm. I used to I used to work and volunteer in the in the VA system, and uh, you know, there's I would I was at a hospital where mental health was the particular the particular focus, and there were tons and tons of empty beds, and yet there's people out on the street who have no mental health care. You know, we we had enough money to send them over, but not enough money to take care of them when they came right. back. Right. Right, this is what I'm saying. And I would love to talk to you further about that, by the way. Because sure. you probably have some inside information. But, yeah, we have to – I want to, you know, as I go forward into music, it's okay, the playing. I want to get better as a player and all of that. But I also want to try to make a difference in the world with through the music. It's got to do something for me in order to feel, like, substantial, you know, while I'm here. So, If you'll indulge me, I'm going to tell you a very brief personal story, and it will be very clear why I'm telling you this in just a second, which is that mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> in 1994, I moved from New York to Tucson, Arizona, and I started my first career, which was as a saxophone player. And when I got there, I changed my name to Jason Crane, and <laughs> I um, I did that or- – <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did that originally because um, I played mostly salsa music, and I played with mostly monolingual Spanish speakers, and I had a really hard-to-pronounce last name, and I wanted something easier. And then I started a radio career, and that was also as Jason Crane, and kind of over the years, I, this Jason Crane guy became the person I actually was. And it was fun because it was kind of a chance to – to invent this whole new person. I had moved to a new place. I started a new career, two new careers, and I created a new name, and it felt like I was really getting a chance to build the human being I wanted to be. And I bring that up, which this will not surprise you, but because most of the songs on this album are credited to Miriam Sullivan, and I'm not exactly sure who that is, so maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, you could tell us. I wonder who that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, introducing Miriam Sullivan. Yes, I am still Miriam Sullivan. I was born Miriam Sullivan, and I love Miriam Sullivan. Miriam Sullivan, to me, is the person who kind of does all the, you know, the gritty work. You know, she's the brain behind putting things together and, like, schlepping things, you know, and hauling, and, and, and she gets in the tre- trenches. But um, I had to create a persona that allowed me to be free and light and not worry about anything. Cause Miriam Sullivan worries a lot. You know, she's like, did we remember to, <laughs> you know, put the table for the CDs? Does everyone have food? You know, that's, um, but Mimi Jones, in order for me to like really get into the uh, mental space where I can be free and not feel bogged down. I, yeah. It just helps me to not feel so, you know, um, restrained Mimi, she's fun and loving and very like light, and she she just wants to make sure everybody is like happy and enjoying the music while she's enjoying herself. But she's not worrying about so much what people think about her. It's interesting because in your case, you still have these two distinct people. Like I I put the old guy away and he's not there anymore. But in your case, you feel very much like you have this Mimi Jones persona and also the Miriam Sullivan persona which is which is fascinating 
Yeah, yeah, she's Miriam is still here. Um, my mother reminds me that <laughs> when I see her, she definitely is like, Miriam, did you remember to? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, I, this is definitely a Miriam moment. And um, I I have to say, I was at least in the business, um, maybe about tw- uh, like 15 to 20 years before I decided to change. So I have a whole bunch of friends um, that know me as Miriam. So there'll be this confusing moment when I'm with mixed friends, old and new friends, where they're like, hey, Miriam, what's up? And then the person's like, who's Miriam? You know, like, are you, you know, so it's it's an interesting thing. And then, of course, when you're writing your compositions, if you really want to get the, um, the credit, you have to go with your legal name because... <laughs> So then there'll be this Miriam Sullivan that appears every now and then, you know, so so I can get checks. So there you have it. You know. um, if uh, if folks are listening to this uh, close to when it comes out, it's it's on or about May 11th, 2015. And are there some chances for people to see you live coming up soon? Yeah, there. Um, let's see. Um, I will. So I just did smoke. That was two days ago in New York City. So now we're going to head to the West. I'll be in Chicago on the 29th. Um, Actually, the Lowe's Hotel is having a series. And so um, I have to find out the exact address of that. But um, Lowe's Hotel has jazz now. So you can find me there on the 29th. On the 30th of May, I'll be at the... um, uh, I rock jazz festival in um, what's it called uh, New Buffalo, and that's a pretty big festival ran, ran by um, John Moultrie, and he does the whole I rock jazz series, which that's a whole media thing. He's kind of like you; he does interviews with people and stuff. But he has a festival now, and um, and then I'm gonna head over to Colorado, which I will be um, doing a big lecture at the ISB. Um, convention, which is International Society of Bassists, and I'll be amongst like all the bassists in the world. <laughs> <laughs> They'll all be there performing, lecturing, talking about bass, 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 bass. So if you like bass, <laughs> you know, tune into that one or fly out to Colorado. My, That's the kind of event where, like, if that conference got sucked into a black hole, there'd be no more bass on any it's Apple the truth. for 10 years. Yes, <laughs> yes. Don't say that, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in one building <laughs> one week. Does so like the, what, Is it like the State of the Union address where one bassist has to not go so that he or she can have all the gigs <laughs> for the next five years if anything happens? I think, I, I think we should tell them that. It might be too late. Someone That's should right. tell them. <laughs> one of Literally. you has to be in, you know, Philadelphia. So I know. In case anything happens, you got all the gigs. Here's all the sheet music for our next 50 albums. I know, it's so true. I didn't think of that. Yes, you're right. Um, Yeah, so it's the week of, the whole thing starts on June 1st and it goes until the 6th. My spotlight would be June 4th at 10 a.m. So, um, yeah, so if you're around the area, come by or it may be um, streamed too. I have to find that out. But um, I'll have all this information on my website which I will update tonight. So don't look until tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, from there, oh, from there I head to Denver on um, June 6th. I'm actually doing a, at the radio station KUVO, KUVO. Um, there's the st- station in Denver. I will do a live show at, um, I believe that's going to start at noon. So hopefully, you know, you can tune in to that. From there, um, I start an East Coast tour, which I was invited to do the Burlington Jazz Festival of Vermont, um, the Jazz Festival in Vermont, in Burlington, Vermont, called the Discovery Jazz Festival. And that happens on June 11th. And on the 12th, we ride down to New Hampshire, and we're going to play at somewhere called the Amasag Studio. I hope I pronounced that right. And um, that's June 12th. And then June 13th, we end our tour at the side door in um, Old Lyme, Connecticut. And so um, I'm going to be really thrilled to play with the great Mark Shim on tenor and 
he's going to actually debut his soprano and um, he plays this instrument called the wind controller. And we have Mickey Hayama on the piano and, and keyboards because some of the music is electric. And then we have the great Jonathan Barber, really young drummer who's up and coming. He's actually from Connecticut from the Jackie McLean school. So we're about to, you know, really jump in. Um, and in the um, actually out West, I'm going to be, it's my first time playing with Ferez Witted. He's on trumpet and Ryan Cohen on piano and um, Marcus uh, Evans on drums. And we're going to feature the great Tamika Reed on cello. So it's going to be really exciting. I'm, I'm really happy. That sounds great. Yeah. I'll, just, I'll mention to folks that Ferez has also been on the show, so he's in the archives. I also want to thank – I swear to God, this my, my neighborhood has been absolutely silent today until you and I started talking, and there's somebody running a chainsaw <laughs> like 10 feet outside the window for the entire length of this interview. It, it has sounded like – no one lives anywhere near me until we hit record. <laughs> and then I wing. There's literally just been a chainsaw in the background the entire time. That so would give I it will... a little vibe. You know, <laughs> exactly. Little... Yeah, a little, you know, Halloween Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that'll, that'll be nice. Because after all the beautiful things you said about balance and community and all those things, it'll be great to have a little terrifying horror movie. Yes, there you go. So we appreciated the first Oh, one, God. Know. I wanted to mention if you, if it's okay. Please. Um, so Hot Tone, we're getting ready for uh, Luis Perdomo's release, and um, I don't know if you were gonna ask me about that. So. Absolutely, please go ahead and talk about it. Okay. Well, this is Luis Perdomo's first album with Hot Tone, so we're really excited. Um, we spend a lot of time working in a studio to get it right, and um, Luis put together this whole project called the controlling ear unit and um he'll explain that in his own interview but just in a snippet of it it's about not it's about totally allowing your ear to take you to what you hear and then creating the music around that and that includes rudy royston on drums and yours truly mimi jones on the bass <laughs> how'd you get her wow that's i know it was hard to get her she was off you know doing some other stuff but anyway, um, we're really excited. He will be releasing on May 19th. It will That's the street date. And then it will we will also have a CD release party in several places. But one of the first ones would be um, in New York, Smoke Jazz Club. And so I wanted to invite everyone out to smoke, you know, three sets, seven, nine, and I think 1030. Fabulous. And it's going to be great. Yeah. Well, excited. Luis was actually the second ever guest on this show um on march 3rd 2007 he was on show number two before <laughs> this show has now had almost three million downloads oh my god at that time it had had like seven downloads so no, no one knew anything wow. about the jazz session it barely existed and uh and he was on the second episode so it's he's long overdue to come back and so we should definitely we'll have him back yeah and talk about this, this new records so. wow wow that's really cool you remember the date <laughs> uh, I have I have it in front of me while we're talking. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, no! I barely. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. I'm not even exactly sure what day today is, so there's no right? there's no way right. I would have just pulled that out of my head, not at all. Right. <laughs> well, it sounds like I mean you've got so much exciting stuff happening with your own career and with Hot Tone and and the other musicians whose whose careers you're fostering there. It's it's really great. It's great to hear someone who's really focused on building community and uh, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. I thank you for taking the time to do it and wish you all the best going forward. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jason. And you too. Um, it's inspiring to hear your careers and, you know, and I'm glad you're doing that because, again, that an ex it becomes an extension of the community and we need that, you know, just an outlet. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Mimi Jones for being on the show. Check out her new album, Balance. You'll find details in the show notes for today's show. Also, go see her live if she's anywhere near you. 
Thanks to the Respect Sextet for the theme music to this show. They've got several new recordings out. You heard about those at the top of the show, and you can visit respectsextet.com to purchase those. Remember, if you are a Jazz Session listener, enter TJS as the discount code, and you'll get 10% off. Thanks to Dave Rabel for designing the show's logo. You can find The Jazz Session on Facebook at facebook.com slash thejazzsession and on the regular old internet at thejazzsession.com. Check out firstlaughs.com for my stand-up comedy, jasoncrane.org for my poetry and essays, cranewrites.com where I do professional public relations-style writing for artists. Follow me on Twitter at jasondcrane, and that's it. Come back next time for another conversation about jazz, and if we're lucky... More power tools on the jazz session. Thank you for listening, everybody!